This is a HeadGum Podcast. Dear listeners, we are back with another episode of I'm Still Right. This is your host, Luke Kelly Klein, and this is your podcast about crazy arguments. David Nadelberg, creator of The Mortified Guide on Netflix, faces off against Mike Mayer, director and showrunner of The Mortified Guide on Netflix. Their argument? Whether or not it's okay for a parent to read a child's diary. And then we go on and we talk about whether or not it's okay for adults to read other adults diaries how protected should diaries be in the privacy sphere before we get into it we're going to ask you guys to please rate please subscribe please review we love to hear from you and with that please sit back please relax please enjoy and please always remember that i'm right you're wrong i'm right you're wrong i'm still right i'm right you may have a 17 incher no it's only 15 but it behaves like a 17 but it feels it, it feels like a 17 on your back when you put it on mm-hmm. your back mm-hmm. yeah all right well uh you know we've recorded that and i'm not going to cut it out of the final Perfect. the final piece but here we are in the studio we got dave we got mike talking about what's the argument I believe the argument well, is going to be... Well, diary action? A little, uh, should you... Or should you not? Read uh, a, a kid's diary if you are a parent? I think if you're anyone. If you're anybody. Is that okay? And and the reason we are thinking of that is, is because we produced the, the, the TV series Mortified, The Mortified Guide, which where people read their childhood diaries in front of strangers, and so... But they do it voluntarily. They do it voluntarily, which... So we, we got into a little bit of a debate the other day. Mm-hmm. We said, well, this is perfect. This is the forum it, to finally it, air that. It's a fantastic debate, and when I saw it come across the inbox, I gotta tell you, my heart... I, it fluttered. It went a flutter. It's perfectly what this show is geared to do. This is, like, the perfect level of trivial... But important, I can't wait to dig in. Here's something I'll say right off the bat, though. It's not just, is it parents reading other kids' diaries or any adult reading a child's diary? I I don't even think it's adult. I think it's, the question is, should anybody read anybody else's diary? Right, so it's not just parent-kid. What is the line of privacy, really? But I think (laughs) parent-kid, we're getting deep quick. Parent-kid is a is a kind of another shade of that, I think, than mm-hmm. anybody to anybody, right? Stranger to stranger or friend to friend or two adults reading each other's diaries. You're right. Is let's there a make distinction? This, let's make yeah. this parent kid. Because then I can go to adult adult later. We could really have some fun. If that's your style. All right. So tell me what who's on what side? What's the what's the spiel? Well Well I'm so I'm Dave and I represent the moral <laughs> The morally ground. Uh, I, I think uh, I'm a sort of an absolutist when it comes to this. I think you should never, ever, 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 ever read somebody's diary. Uh, read a kid's diary. And I'm Mike, and I'm a parent. Yeah. And Dave's not. Right. And I will tell you that I think there are times when you should absolutely be able to read your child's diary. Why? <sighs> well,. It's a good question. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he has no notes on this. He hasn't even thought about it before he came on. <laughs> no, I mean, look, uh, look. 
I, I've got two kids. They're yeah. seven. They're nine now. Okay. Um, they came to this world like totally unformed, like with no thoughts. I've been wiping their ass for years. Mm-hmm. You know, now for, they're able to for do that six themselves. and eight years, yeah. respectively. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's cool to see them now <laughs> having their own thoughts. And my older one is now starting to write. You know his his thoughts down, and he's actually got a diary of his own. He doesn't use it that often, but he's using it. But like, if he's starting to act out weird, if he's doing something that's worrying me, yeah, I'm absolutely gonna go in there and see if I can figure out how to help him. You know, versus just asking him as a last resort. I would ask him first. I'm mm-hmm. not like you know. I'm not like when he goes to bed grabbing his diary. And, like, just reading it for fun. Sure. I'm not, like, that kind of guy. But it's, like, if you're really worried and you've tried to talk to him and you're not getting through, you have this kind of ace up your sleeve. And let me tell you something. I am having some trouble talking to him right now. He's having a little trouble. He's getting emotionally upset sometimes. You know, he can't handle. About Dave. About you, mostly. No, for real. No. uh, (laughs) No, I mean, it's interesting. It's it's interesting to me. It may not be interesting to you as a non-parent. But um, he is like, uh, gets this moments where he's like jealous of, you know, two friends, two best friends, like hanging out with each other or um, losing in soccer. He's a really good soccer player, but if he's, but, but, and that's fine. Great. Lose, you know, or be upset. But he's doing it so intensely that I'm actually like, oh God, I want to help you. How can I help you? (laughs) So if he were in his writing in his diary about this. Mm -hmm. Which he's not, unfortunately, but maybe I should have him try. How do you know? How do... <laughs> he does a nightly check. Exactly. Sort of 8, 30, like, 9 o'clock this rolls is, around. The, Damn it. This is, this is my issue. Yeah. This is my issue is because, like, I mean, in terms of the lines of privacy, you're also airing. I was trapping you by asking you that question because you were, you are now airing, you know, your son's angst. He didn't ask to, to for, for his specificity. <laughs> so now... He likes attention. He okay. wouldn't mind this, trust me. Okay. He almost wants you to read his diary nightly. Well, see, now that's <laughs> yeah. that's actually part of my argument is, and thank you for teeing sure. it up. Sure. Um, I think that every, what's what works so well about Mortified, uh, about the Mortified stage shows, yeah. about the Mortified Guide, the TV show, is it's people sharing, you know, these like previously secret, you know, writings, mm-hmm. these thoughts like with strangers. And that's awesome. But my theory is that everybody, when they're writing in these diaries, they kind of want people to know what's going on with them. Mm -hmm. I had secrets when I was a kid. I'm not going to share them with you, but I had secrets Mm -hmm. when I was a kid. And I didn't write them down in a diary. I kept them, like, to myself because in my mind – even writing them down in a diary, I, I just had this feeling that somebody might be it's reading It's dangerous. It. You expect yeah. people to read your diary. Exactly. I've never, ever had a diary for this reason. Yeah. Because it's just sort of, it's sort of like if you're a spy, that would be make you the worst spy you're on You're putting planet. it out there. Yeah. So you're, so you said you, you never wrote a so diary. So he's on my side is what he's saying. Maybe. Not but, yet. Not yet. I'm going to swing back. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, w- what is interesting in terms of what Mike is saying uh, that I agree. Uh, that I agree with aspects of is there are a lot of kids who write diaries, and and probably this is true with adults. Although I don't have a ton of experience with adult diaries, though I have 15 years of experience reading uh, teenagers. And what's interesting is that like they'll write to this audience. Like um, some people name their diaries, mm-hmm. and sometimes they'll like talk about like 
they'll they'll write with this idea that whoever is reading it years later has judgment. Sometimes they'll even write notes like, you know, dear mom and dad, if or dear brother and sister, like if you are reading this, shut this right now. Yeah. So they they are there's some awareness. I don't know that it's an invitation. It's just sort of an awareness. But sometimes it is an invitation in the sense of there are a lot of these kids, and this is this is so um, we can swear, right? Absolutely. This is so messed up. This is so fucked up. These kids wind we up. We can swear, right? This is <laughs> so messed up. I know. I just I just realized. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that I did it in the wrong order, but um, <laughs> but there's these kids who uh, wind up. <laughs> Being obsessed with, uh, uh, <laughs> now, he's, now he's in his head. No, I couldn't remember her order. name. And this is the weird part is we were just listening to a news story on the way over here. And the, the Harvey Weinstein was the name. I meant to say, I in my head, I was trying to say Anne Frank and I very like, similar, similar historical character. And I was like, yeah. why is this the only word that's about to come out? They're both Jewish. They are. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. horrible, horrible, not commonly held mistake. Yes, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. Um, anyway, so tons of uh, t- tons of teenagers write in their diaries as though um, they are inspired by Anne Frank, and they say this in their diary. They're like, "I feel so similar to that girl, Anne Frank," and it's like they've completely forgotten about that whole hmm. World War II part. Yeah, like the context of it. Yeah, yeah the yeah. whole. You know, the whole attic and Holocaust thing, all the terribleness. And they just see girl who got her diary published mm-hmm. and I'm just like her. Yeah. And and there's something uh, fucked up, but also oddly sweet about that. Messed um, up. Or messed up. Or messed up. Yeah. 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 And so all of these teens want publishing deals. So they're like, I'm just like her. Yeah. Yeah. It means the original. Yeah. YouTube, you know, yeah. like mm-hmm. it's, it's like they they just wanted to have this platform. Yes. So there is so there is some kids who I think want that, but I think they maybe want it years later, and they wanna they wanna have that, and I think kids deserve to have that, but to live in some sort of insular bubble of of protection. I yeah I I, I think that it's it's funny to think about the idea that everyone deserves to have a diary. Everybody deserves a right to privacy and to have their diary, uh, you know, not gazed upon by any outside eyes, whether they're parental eyes or not. But it's the question of like, I don't know how, like utilitarian wise, how bad is it if you take a look? Like in your case, Mike, reading your kid's diary may, in your mind, lead to some greater level of understanding about him. Absolutely. But that's because I'm doing this with good intentions. But you could have somebody You're good. I'm I'm a good person. That's the point. As anyone who invades somebody would say. Yes, absolutely. I'm doing it for the right reasons. It's for their own good. It's for their own good. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, but it could be abused. And I will concede that point, that maybe it's not the parent reading the diary. Maybe it's the sister who wants to get dirt on the brother or something like that. And that, but do you think that there are certain things in that diary that you might discover as a parent that if you were to broach with your son, it would do in some way an irreparable degree of harm to your relationship because he would feel like you were encroaching or invading his privacy. Basically, would I, would I break his trust in me if I, yeah, And is that, does that do more damage than 
him expressing his innermost thoughts in a in a you know composition book. You know, I mean, here's the thing: my oldest son is nine years old, right? Uh-huh. So all I know yeah. is raising children up to nine. Yeah, I have no idea about raising teenagers. They stop at nine. Most kids stop at nine, right? And then they, they just, just they're adults, right? Yeah, after yes, that, absolutely. Yeah. But my my gut is that at this age, nine, seven, whatever, he'd be okay with it. He kind of expects that I'm part of his life all the time. But when he turns 13, if I, you know, and and he's talking about girls. Yeah, if you look at him funny, you're fucked. Oh, yeah. 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 If I look at him at all. Yeah, you can't look at him. No. That's the big takeaway. Can't look at him, can't talk to him. Right, unless he speaks to me first. The only time you could touch them is if you're doing some sort of cash exchange and the palm of your hand sort of brushes the palm of theirs. And it needs to be over $20 usually for them to excuse it. Right. Yeah. 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 These are just, I am not. I don't have children, but these are all things that I've read on Wikipedia. Well, which is a good way to parent. A lot of money before you do it. It is. It's very expensive. Yeah, I imagine so. (laughs) I imagine so. Dave, so what is your, I mean, aside from the retort, right, what is your sort of ethos in the diary space, the diary reading space? I mean... All right. So I, earlier I said that I was an absolutist. There, there probably would be exceptions when it deals with like some sort of crime, life and death kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, but let's excuse let's excuse any kind of like police life and death. You know, sure. Somebody says, like, "Hey, I'm going to kill myself," and then you're like, right, "I got to look at their, you know, got to look at their diary." They got to look at their kids' was, diary. But if it was, if it was, or you've kidnapped somebody and they're in a a water vat that's rising and you have to get to them, you, you have yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I'm just you know. You're off just, the top of my you're head. Just, you're just spitballing. You don't know where the vat is. You don't know that it's in Burbank. You don't know any of that. Yeah. So, but but I think if it's, you know, I don't know, homework, and I think if it's dating, and I even think if it's pregnancy, it's just like figure out a different way to let let the kid be the kid. And um, I just think you want to let I think, pregnant kid be it. Yeah, be let the kid. pregnant kid be the pregnant kid. Um, no, but it's 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 <laughs> Dave is real loosey goosey. Yeah. <laughs> let. The the idea of, I think everybody deserves a sacred space, and um, I totally agree with that. By the way, I totally concede that point. I'm just saying I don't think the diary is that sacred space. I think your mind is that sacred space. If you have a secret, just keep it in your keep mind. Keep it in don't your mind. It. Don't write it down. That don't seems like shaming. No, that's a very healthy act to put that out on the. That's crazy talk. Okay, how about this? Instead of keeping it in a diary. Right, that somebody could find keeping what keeping some private thoughts. thoughts that you want to yeah. that you want to get out of your brain and like you know share with the paper. Instead of doing that uh, nowadays, you could do it on a computer and you could password protect that. that Absolutely, that. and I had the same thought. I think, and Dave, correct me if I'm wrong, but the question is, if you, the most cathartic thing for you is writing something in a composition book, and you're doing so within the confines of this presumably safe space, which is your home with your family, if you're a child, should you take for granted or should you expect rather that somebody's going to peek in on that? Like, do you need to like password protect and encrypt or like lock away your composition notebook in a safe because you realize somebody's going to be peeking through those pages? You asking me? Well, you would peek through because you're, I'm, you're, you know. You know what it is? I just have this feeling that like, Somebody would do that to me. Yeah. Like, I'm, I don't know. I guess I may be paranoid. And so my paranoia leads me to believe that, like, anybody who would write something down in a diary, you know, should just expect that it's going to 
be red. That's how I am too. I mean, so, I, I I did. I like I said, Dave, and then I like I was looking at you drinking your beer, and I was like, maybe I kind of want a beer now, and I started to. But yeah, you would do that, and I, and I feel the same way. I think philosophically, we're on the same page. It's just like morality wise, I see what Dave's saying. That said, yeah, <laughs> how many of us in this room? Have read somebody's diary. Every time I find one, I'll read it. Every single time. How often do you find diaries? Is this true? Yeah, not recently. I mean, but when I was a kid, when I was like, when I'd, you know, stumble across like my mom's diary or my stepmom's, or like I'd always take a little peek through the pages, see what was mm-hmm. happening. When you're a curious kid, as an adult, as an adult, I probably wouldn't because I think that I have enough awareness now of, of how damaging that could be or or the fact that I would never want that done to me were I to keep a diary that I would step away. But I think up until probably like, I don't know, through high school, if I encountered a diary, that thing was getting thumbed through. And you? I have. Um, I, which is, I, uh, which I think, you know, I am morally against that. Yeah, but. I am a flawed human. And have done things that I consider to be shitty. And that is one of them. And mostly as a kid. Um, uh, I found I purposely went out. When my sister went to college, I was like, she's probably got something. And I actually, this yeah. is this is kind of where uh, the origins of Mortified a little bit are. Mm-hmm. Which is, um, I snuck into my sister's bedroom. And I was like, I'm going to find a dirt journal. And then I found, I eventually did find a journal. And then I was like, I'm going to find some dirt that she wrote about me. And I didn't have a bad relationship with my sister, but I was like convinced like she's going to yeah, bitch about me or something. Yeah. And so I did this um, with very mean-spirited intentions, and I found no dirt on me. I found, you know, things about cute boys and all that. And then I did find something eventually about me, but it wasn't dirt. It wasn't bad thing. It was actually like she was very concerned about me. I was going through a tough time. Apparently, mm. she was worried about me. She hoped that I like I was I was really sad or depressed or something. And and she and so I suddenly had all this empathy, and and from her empathy, yeah. and I shut that diary immediately. And it was in that moment. This is why I say this is sort of an origin sure. for mortified. Is in that moment cemented in me like. This is, I'm an asshole. One and two, uh-huh. um, and two. This is sacred. This is this is really important, um, and it should not be treated uh, lightly. It yeah. So no no. So you basically. So Did you your know moral that story? High ground. No, your moral high ground is basically just based on your own guilt. I think you're this. saying that for the joke. No, I'm not, I'm because <laughs> I actually am taking the other position, and I never read somebody else's diary when I was a kid. It is not from the guilt. I think it is from um, uh, the experience of the betrayal, I guess, or what I or, or what I felt as betrayal. Even though, like, she did, I eventually told her when we were adults. What was know, her reaction? You know, she thought it was. Fun. I was doing this show, mortified, sure. and, and I was like, ah, I'm just starting this thing up. And uh, I'm debating calling it one of the working titles was Debbie's Diary. Got it. Because of that. Yeah. Um, and His sister's name is Debbie, by the way. Got it. Yeah. I gather. Yeah. <laughs> it's Horatio. It's very confusing. <laughs> but um, yeah, so the, uh, and then ironically, interestingly, she's actually, she makes a small appearance in, in, in our Netflix series, in the Mortified Guide. Where did she, uh, where did she hide her diary? Like, and did you have to look 
long and hard. I had morning. to. So she hid her diary in, you know, underneath some clothes and in, in the, in the, you know, in a cupboard or whatever and dresser. Um, so you were rooting around. Oh, I was. I was definitely. See, the diaries that being I malicious. discovered were always like inside of a nightstand. Like I really didn't have to do much rooting. They were like kind of right there. Yeah. Whose diaries? I read my mom's diary. Whoa. And I read my stepmom's diary. Whoa. And, did and, they ever write about each other? No. And not consistently did I read them, but there were times in my like middle school and early high school years when I thumbed through both of those. When you're like home alone as a kid and you're not having friends over that much yet in like, you know, seventh grade or eighth grade, and you're kind of just bored in the house. Were those positive experiences reading your no? They weren't. Figures? Of course not. They weren't positive experiences. Most of the time it was because they were. Um, <clears throat> there wasn't anything really salacious or, or fascinating in them, which is what I was looking for. Uh, and not to like, I mean, not salacious, I guess, but but some something as a, as a, with salacious. my mom, something as a kid that you. You know, you you want to you want to peel back the curtain on your parents. I think there's like some degree of curiosity I as don't. you get older. I didn't. I wanted to know. I had divorced parents. It was weird. I was an only child till I was fourteen or fifteen. You're like curious about that stuff. I was at least. But there was nothing in there. I didn't have the guilt experience. I really just had like a, a boredom sort of attack. And I was like, I don't know. Is this worth doing? Like, is this worth the risk of either a being found out, b invading their privacy? You know. Did your parents ever find your stash of wherever you kept your your masturbation material? They didn't, but you got to remember, I'm a child of, of the, the internet. internet. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. so you kept it in the yeah. cloud. Clear oh, yeah. history. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, we had actual magazines. Mm -hmm. Not that we shared them with each other, but we had <laughs> you magazines. You mailed them back and forth. <laughs> yeah. 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 We didn't know each other yet, but dear yeah. stranger. Yep. And, and it that, happened to be. That's interesting, though, that you're, both of your, your mom and your yeah. stepmom? Yeah, yeah. Uh, kept their diaries pretty accessible. They were pretty accessible, yeah. Which is why I identified with or uh, kind of understood your angle of like, listen, don't write in a diary if you don't want it to be found. But I didn't really have the like. Does your son keep his diaries sort of just out? Oh yeah, his, he has. Right. Well, he he yeah. Right. He wouldn't. He he. He's, he's not at an age where his diary is about that yet. He's not. Yeah. He's his diary is like I ate cookies today. Sure. That's very private. I it's think. extremely private. How, did you, how yeah, dare so you tell I us think that? That's what he said. But uh, but there's so there's an element of in one sense if you leave anybody who leaves it hanging around, child or not, that sense of like well, no, somebody shouldn't shouldn't invade this. It's still a, a private document or a private you know, but. On the other hand, like, don't you know somebody's going to take a look at this? Like, you are leaving it out for anybody to stumble across. Yeah. Right? Well, so, I, I mean, th but this is the thing. I, like, I'm fascinated by, yeah. by by how accessible your your, your yeah, moms, yeah. like, left their diaries. And, yes. Well, like, so in the, so but prior to us making a series, we made a movie called Mortified Nation. Yep. And, like, it, somewhere in the middle of that movie, I wind up, uh, he's interviewing me, and I tell this story about finding my mom's diary. Um, but the only reason I felt okay to read it is she had left this thing out. She had passed away. Mm. It's this whole backstory, but like she had left it out for that purpose. Got it. Um, and like I have read several, like I feel okay when people are deceased to do it or where. Um, he doesn't kill them. Yeah. No, he kills <laughs> them first. He kills them yeah. first. But if they happen to die, yeah. then he um, will read their diaries. The, the under journal, his under his watch, killer. if they happen to die, yeah. then he will, yeah. 
But um, yeah, so I've, I've read, I've, I feel like it's okay in those regards or, um, you know, if journals wind up sort of in, in swap meets or if journals just wind up in public in some way that someone has let that happen. Um, oh, a swap meet journal's got to get thumbed through. There's it no, is a thing. I mean, it is yeah. a thing. Like there are journals on eBay right now. Huh. For real. Huh. Um, Sorry, sold by the writer? Or sold by somebody else? Who uh, it found. could have been like somebody passed away and it's an estate thing. And then they just, you know, along with the albums and whatever else they had, uh, they, you know, like picture albums. You, yeah, you know, you've yeah, seen yeah. like photo albums and stuff sure. at, at swap meets and stuff like that. So sometimes letters, postcards, um, journals, all that kind of stuff, all that uh, ephemera winds up um, um, making its way into that sort of circuit or whatever that yeah, would be. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Dave, by the way, goes to he goes, swap, mar- swap meets. He's in, I used to, yeah. In the journal economy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a very robust economy. Uh-huh. How many? There are no tariffs on that economy <laughs> right now, though. How many uh, boxes of diaries and other personal items that don't that aren't yours do you have? In most your of them belong. Most of them are for this one person who I actually did know, but um, but I probably have I don't know a good. 10 or 11 boxes worth of like boxes that are the size of, um, I don't know, maybe like half a coffee table, like a small fridge. Yeah. 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 Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. Other people's diaries. Well, diaries, letters, photo albums, yeah, that cassettes that you've amassed by visiting swap meets and various. Yeah. Wow. Um, but it's funny how Creating we imme- a small library. We immediately or not immediately, but 10 minutes in got away from the parent reading the child's, Piece, right, and then oh, right. and then and then now we're talking adult to adult. Is there a different rule of order there? Yeah. Do you think it's better or worse? Well, so the only other time that I've purposely yeah. read somebody's diary, like with without their knowledge, um, yeah, yes, to this day without their knowledge, um, yes, this is this is gossip this right is a here. Scoop. Um, so I did that thing with, uh, you know, uh, um, wh- where the person didn't have it out in public or whatever. Sure. Um, you went rooting around for it. Where I, inv- <laughs> this is, this is sort of both actually. This okay. is, this ends with an invasion, which is, I was, I had broken up with somebody uh-huh. oh, and, well, uh, a good. while later, um, I don't know, months later, yeah. um, I opened up a drawer and it was my drawer and I see this like black and white speckled notebook uh-huh. in the back of my like sock drawer. And I'm like, and I have black and white speckled notebooks. So I was like, why did, why would that be in there? Did I put that there? And I grab it, I open it up and I immediately realize this isn't my handwriting. I'm like, oh, I know whose handwriting this is. And, and, oh, what, this isn't like notes. This is like a journal. And I immediately like throw it down and then, uh, and then I grabbed it like like a minute or two later, and then just that thing that comes over you, like that like um, that's <laughs> that post breakup like yeah, yeah. sadness because like we broke up with like I had questions and they weren't sure. fully satisfied as any as any breakup usually has some sort of lingering thing gold mine yeah for you. and I was yeah. like oh, fuck don't do it don't do it don't do it and it's like oh and I opened up the yeah. journal and it was just like that 
it, you know that remember that um you're probably too young to remember but like meredith baxter bernie used to make lots of like made for tv specials where like she's got an eating disorder and she's just eating tons of twinkies sure, and binging sure, in the supermarket sure. yeah. and then drinking tons of alcohol and yeah. like and just i binged but it was just like consuming this person's diary innermost thoughts were yeah, they looking the innermost for thoughts looking or? for like details of like you were looking for Whatever. answers. I was yeah, looking for looking answers. answers. Yeah. You want to know why that, she broke that I you. that I didn't, uh, and I justly feel, I feel just slightly in that. Uh, I feel like this person had been a little deceptive about certain things in the relationship. So like, I was like, well, and she didn't take this thing. Like somehow it wound up in my, dr- dr- which seemed crazy. Which is odd. Yeah. Why? The so hell I the think I could come up with the reasons of why I think, but w- whatever. But um, yeah. So. I did that and then I immediately put it away and then like put it in a box of other stuff that it was going to go back to her. And I was like, ugh, and I felt so gross. And I was like, stop, this is not healthy for me. Right. This is just not healthy. Right. Um, and, and that was the only other time in my life that I've, I've done that. And what was in the diary? Oh, um, uh, David uh, is so amazing. He's amazing. <laughs> he's yeah. so great in bed. I'm, I have to leave him because he's just too wonderful. I need to have other w- He felt women. so dirty yeah. knowing all those wonderful things about himself. And I did not. I knew she wasn't good enough for you. And yeah, exactly. I, knew, I did not get the answers I was looking for. And by the way, you will never get the answers you're looking for. You'll never get the answers you're looking for. Yeah. And I think, I, I think that it does fundamentally, whether it's with a child or another adult, or two children, you know, it, it does fundamentally augment the mm-hmm. way that two humans interact when one has this 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 secret or this secret knowledge, the, right? Yeah. This secret knowledge of of the other person, and, and that ultimately like throws off the entire balance of a normal relationship. I think. Yeah. See, it's interesting. It's like I'm thinking. Yes, it's okay to read somebody else's diary because. You're trying to help them. Yeah. And you guys are like, no, you can't read somebody else's diary because you're just trying to, like, find answers for yourself and you're never going to find those answers. I think we're both right, frankly. Yeah. I think probably... Could that be? It might be. <laughs> I think probably for a parent of a child of a certain age, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. You know? And that may be a a little bit of a distinction. I also think that if you're having to root through your kid's diary when they're teenagers... Then it's probably a communicate and not not right. you specifically, Mike, but there's probably a communication barrier that needs to be traversed. You're not prejudging my parenting. Not yet. I, once I see it in action, right. I'll I'll judge it. Yeah. But would you say that's right? Yeah, I think that, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's not wrong. All right. Should we take a break, a little ad break, and then we'll come back and speaking of wrong, do the times you guys were most wrong. Oh. Mike's right. is just gonna be reading his kids' journal. All right, I'll be right back. <laughs> All right, so we are taking our little ad break. Those of you who have been listening to the past few episodes of the show know that we have a sponsor called Quip. They are uh, an electric toothbrush company, but they're a little bit different than most electric toothbrush companies out there because the truth is they've discovered that most of us are brushing our teeth wrong, not for long enough. We forget to change our brush on time. Most brands focus on selling flashy gimmicks rather than better brushing, but not Quip. So what makes them... So different. First, it's an electric toothbrush that's a fraction of the cost of of bulkier brushes. Okay, you're talking your Oral Bs. All right, you're talking your Sonic Airs. Quip. It's thin. It's it's frankly sexy, and it fits right in your 
your sexy little hand. Uh, its built-in timer helps you clean for the dentist-recommended two minutes with guiding pulses that remind you when to switch sides. Okay, that's pretty nice. Plus, they're backed by a network of over 20,000 dentists and hygienists. Hundreds of thousands of happy brushers use Quip every day. If that's not enough, they're on Oprah's O-List, named one of Time's Best Inventions, and is the first subscription electric toothbrush accepted by the ADA. That is the American Dental Association, folks. Don't believe us? Go ask Tim Watley. Quip comes with a mount that suctions right to your mirror, unsticks to use as a cover for hygienic travel wherever you take your teeth, and their subscription plans are for your health, not just your convenience, okay? They deliver new brush heads on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. Quip starts at just $25. If you go to getquip.com slash right, R-I-G-H-T, right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free. Where do you go? Where do we go, John? John's not here. I'm going to have to tell you. It's getquip, G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash right, R-I-G-H-T, spelled again, G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash right. Go get that quip. And now let's go back to the show. All right. So guys, we're back uh, to close up shop, to close up our composition notebook, as it were, on the diary argument. Nice. We think we're both right to some extent. Yes. That's where we landed. Let's hug. Which uh-huh. I'm not sure we've ever done that on this podcast. Well, then really? Let's, that, yeah. Is that make a bad episode? No, it doesn't make a bad episode at all. I think this is a this is a really interesting one. I'm, I I'm, think this yeah. isn't a black and white subject. This yeah. is a nuanced, you know, in yeah. a gray subject. So black and white are as intertwined as they are on a marbled composition notebook cover. Whoa. In this case, okay, oh, okay, like that. Pretty good. Pretty good. All right, we're going to do Time I Was Most Wrong. It's the segment in the show where uh, our guests tell us about just what it sounds like, the time they were most wrong. So let's play that song. I was wrong this one time. This one. I was wrong. All right. Who wants to go first? I guess I'll go first. I guess I'll go first. I mean, look... I like that this is like the one time I was most wrong because I, I could just give you like 50 times yeah. I was most wrong. But uh, the one that's coming to mind right now is uh, when I decided to move into an office in Koreatown, uh-huh. cool neighborhood. Uh-huh. Uh, great Pretty neighborhood. cool street. Lots of great You're right lots so of great far. Restaurant. There's nothing. I'm totally yeah. right. But the building itself and the office itself was yeah. so – Ghetto, for lack of a better word. Yeah. It was just so, so bad. Like, the hallway had, like, tiles coming down from the ceiling, but, like, going down to about five and a half feet from the floor. Wow. So you it literally had to, like, kind down. of yeah. crouch down to get to your door. It was the weirdest thing. I was like, how much air conditioning can you fit? Were the in, apartments like, normal? Like, the ceilings in the apartments were normal? So this wasn't an uh, apartment. This was an office. Oh, office building. Yeah, okay, it was an actual okay, okay. office. So, so the apartment... Uh, offices themselves then you get into the office yeah. and they're basically all of our neighbors are like call centers and you know Got things it. like that where they're packing like 40 guys into an office or somebody was making kimchi in the office next door <laughs> which and so and the bathrooms were just so I, I i actually shudder thinking about them they actually like shut down my colon for like a year yeah, i couldn't just go and couldn't there. go yeah. couldn't go colon shutters uh-huh. go yep <laughs> that's right that's and, the colloquialism yeah. and that i and 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 you know, at the time, I'm like, oh, this is cheap. This is great. I love it. 
uh, I don't have to pay a lot of rent, and you know, I'm so cool to be in Koreatown. And then one day I just said, no, I, I'm better than this. This office is beneath me, and I just got the hell out of there. Describe that bathroom a little bit. I'm curious. Huh. Um, you know when you go to the beach and they have those public restrooms. Oh, the worst. With like the metal toilets and like the, the you It's know, prison at the beach. Pri- yes. Yeah, like that, no yeah. mirrors, but, but like a, a stainless steel sheet uh-huh. that's like there instead of the mirror. Mm-hmm. But it's been so like, you know, graffitied that you yep. can't really see anything other than like maybe one of your teeth. Yep. That is slightly worse than this bathroom. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's pretty bad. And so what was the what was the straw that broke the kimchi making man's back in the end? What got me out of there? Yeah. You know, I think I was just depressed like sitting there one day. Yeah. I You know what it was? No, I know what it was. It was I was at home mm-hmm. and I have a pretty nice home. And I was getting stuff ready to go to the office. And I got really sad that I was, like, leaving my house to go to this office. Yeah, and you're like, why am I doing this? I'm like, why am I doing this? And then, yeah. like, and then I, it just sort of, like, it was one of those things that, like, once I realized how incredibly stupid being in this office that just made me sad yeah. was. Uh, I, and, and, you know, that it just sort of all clicked into place. And I was like, okay, I got to get out of here. Yeah. And I found another place. And it's a little more rent, but it's so nice. It's the floor and... right above that. Yeah, exactly. You have to crouch slightly exactly. less. Yeah. What, he's, right. what he's not telling you, uh, that's the most exciting part of, his, uh, of that office space that he was in, uh, is that he shared office space with someone who is a porn hmm. journalist. Holy mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. 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 Now that has nothing to do with right not, or wrong. By the way, no. That wasn't the worst part of it. That was actually a bonus because like they got chipped dvds every week to toys toys to to weird uh, to review have you guys ever seen the doc life after porn no it's on netflix right now uh (laughs) it's directly next to mortified (laughs) guys no it's it's uh it's just it's just about what it sounds like it's like all you know 40 and 50 and 60 year old former porn actors uh stars in some case but just like run-of-the-mill sort of uh actors and in, in, in many others talk about what they did after and there's a whole sort of talking head uh, segment with porn journalists. People who are involved in porn in no other way than to Perhaps. pontificate and 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 cover it journalistically and have done so for like 30 years devoting their lives to the porn industry. Such a weird like subculture. That's a that's a good cap on that. Uh, and actually it, it was yeah. his office and I was sub Letting from him. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Dildos everywhere. Oh, God. Yeah. Dave, what do you got? Um, mine does not have dildos involved. Um, not yet. Not, wait, till yeah. we, wait till we uncover something. Yeah. I saw the movie. Uh, this, this is a movie one. Uh, I saw the movie Gattaca years ago, and I fell asleep. And I just remember, like, hating, just hating everything about how slow it was, hating how how icy, and, like, I just hate things that are, like, because it's icy and austere, therefore it must be smart. And I'm just like, fuck that. Like, Ethan Hawke's scrubbing give me sen- oh, yeah, Yes, that, give me yeah. sentiment. Shell by the yeah. seashore, yeah. yeah. And so I, I, I just hated this movie, and I would rail against this movie. And then one day, I don't know why, I wound up watching it. And I was dead wrong because that movie is one of the, not only did I, this isn't so much of a redemption of, and I liked it. Sure. I was wrong. It's not only did I like it and actually love it. It's one of my favorite films of all time. 
But where I was wrong was that it is not an austere, cold, stark, emotionless movie. It seems like that on the surface, but actually that movie is achingly sentimental. It is like I haven't seen that movie. In Frank Capra years. sentimental. Yeah. It is all about. Um, I mean, it's all very subtle, but like, sure. Excuse me, Gattaca. Yeah, continue. <laughs> um, but it's, it's really all about like believing in yourself and, um, you know, there's like this can do spirit and it's very, it actually is an incredibly warm, um, not schmaltzy, but just like, um, Heart yeah, it's like a warm and fuzzy movie that doesn't look like a warm and fuzzy movie. And I, I, I love that. Yeah. Jude law looking stern in a wheelchair. Yeah. Right. It's tough to get warm and fuzzy from that. It's a great, it's a great, I need to go back and watch it. I have it. It's really... from the same writer who made, uh, who wrote Truman show. And the two movies have oddly a lot in common ah, about yeah. like people who tell you, you can't do a certain thing yeah. and that you have that in you to be like, fuck you. I'm going to, I, you know, I can do what I want. I can literally in that in Gattaca, like they're reaching for the stars. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Like right. they're, they're told literally. that they can't go to space or something. And he's like, you're wrong. You can't scrub that hard in the shower yeah. without causing serious abrasions. <laughs> and he could, and he did. So it's a very emotional movie and a really good score. All right. That's a good plug for that. We're going to do special thanks to wrap things up. Special thanks is if you guys don't know, and if, if new listeners don't know, it's the time in each episode when we talk about the one thing in our lives that's grinding our gears at that moment. So special thanks is a sarcastic thing. Oh. Special thanks to the thing that's grinding your gears. All right, so special thanks. Special thanks. I'm thankful for none of this. Who wants to go first? I, I will go. Okay. I'd like to give a big uh, special thanks to all the people, all the very, very considerate people who've been renting those bird and lime scooters. <laughs> and they oh, leave everywhere. them. They're everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. And that they leave them, because you can leave them anywhere, and that they leave them on the sidewalk um, and not like pressed firmly up against the sidewalk, but like no. anywhere. And they're not aware in any capacity that... Senior citizens, people in wheelchairs, anyone with a disability, that this is a complete nuisance and is really, I just find it, it's very offensive that people are just leaving this trash everywhere. Says the guy who doesn't have a bird or lime app on his phone, you know what I mean? I just man? downloaded it two nights ago. Did you? I was going to use it. Have I don't have an issue with out? the, I don't have an issue with the scooters themselves. I just have an issue with where Listen, people when you're, park them. When you're but a why scootman, can't park the, uh, when you're a scootman and you come across one in the middle of the scootman. street, it's not an inconvenience. It's a celebration. I'm telling you. But how's yeah, this but, work? Because if you're expecting to use this to go somewhere, like, what I don't come think out anybody expects it. I think that it's like a fun, like dumb Venice thing. For our listeners who aren't in Los Angeles, there's this this phenomenon, maybe like the past, what, six months? Yeah. It's really taken off. It's like shared bikes, right? Like city bikes in New York or, you know, you can download this app, you link your credit card, and then you scan a little barcode or a little sensor on a scooter that you find on the sidewalk. A motorized, motorized, a motorized scooter. scooter yeah. And you can take that scooter until you're done, until it's at a battery, whatever, and leave it wherever, and, and it locks until the next person comes along to scan it out. Right, except, which is great, except that people are leaving it literally just yeah, I'm strewn joking, all it's over. It's incredibly annoying. I absolutely agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I am an able-bodied person. It is not 
<laughs> an inconvenience to to my life. Dave's hulking I, scooters. But out I live in an area where there's a lot of senior <laughs> citizens walking around, and and it really it really upsets me every time I see that. All right. You live in a nursing home. Yeah. Yeah. Which I is do. an odd choice for a man of your age. Yeah. But he waits just, for the people to die, and then he reads their diaries. Reads his yeah. diaries. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the perfect. It's the perfect prey. Uh, yeah. I get it. What do you have, Mike? Um. So what do we say? A, a special. I want to special uh, thanks. What's bothering you? Right oh, now? I no. I I ha- would like to give a special thanks to Amazon third party sellers. <laughs> no shit. That's a great one. Because I am just so fucking fed up. You can say fuck. Great. I am so I am messed so up over this <laughs> off about ordering something that I think I'm ordering from Amazon <laughs> and it's going to come in two days and it's going to be a new product that's not like half open. Yeah. And like, yeah. you know, chewed on. And, and suddenly I, three days go by and I'm like, hey, where's that thing I ordered? And I check with Amazon. They're like, well, that's a third party thing. And it you does know. tell you. In the, tiny little, but writing. it's very tiny. They need to have, and, and the re, they do that on purpose. Nobody would ever buy, and that's how they make a lot of their money. Also, yeah. I'm cheap, sure. and nowadays when you go to Amazon and you want to buy anything, there is the original. Yep, and that thing, like let's say bottle opener, you know, extraordinaire, uh-huh. and then there are 25 knockoffs. Yep. Made by different companies that look exactly the same and sometimes have exactly the same photos. Yeah, and you're like, okay, now is is this the same product, or is this like a knockoff that's coming from ratings? China? But the ratings are all fake. That's the thing. Are I mean, they? Yeah, yes, the ratings are fake. Because I, mean, I go in like wormhole or rabbit holes, ratings rabbit holes, where I'm like, wait a second, this one has three and a half stars, this one has four. Yeah. There's a lot. Of, you, you go to, the, what do you do? You scroll down to the one star, right. and you're like, what did they say? Yes. Yeah. That's absolutely what right? I do. I don't look at those five stars. I just look at the negatives, and yeah. I see what's going on here. Yep. But you know what? I'm such a ratings. Uh, what's the word? I, I I don't give ratings. I just like read other people's ratings. I'm a, oh, I'm yeah. a leech. I'm a ratings, You're a ratings leech. leech. Yeah. yeah. I never rate anything. Yeah. No. When I does. get an email asking for support, that? well, that's what you got to wonder. Who are these people rating anything? Let alone the people giving long one star reviews. Going back to porn, I am very <laughs> fascinated yeah. by people who rate. Or comment. or comment in porn. I've always just wanted to just interview those people. Yeah, it's a great idea. It's how just, do you even do that? Like logging into who Pornhub? Yeah, who would do it? I have a Pornhub username. Yeah. It's insane. <laughs> That's such a and good my point. Favorite is, and my favorite is the things that they comment like, like why, why would you, like if they write like, That's nice. Like- Right, like I get, like if she, you're saying she's not also, looking at it, and she's yeah. not going to be like, "Who is this guy who said that's nice?" Also, like or that's he's just not creeping me out because now I'm just imagining yeah. that he like finished and then wrote that. Like, thanks. That's yeah, when nice. do you write it? Yeah. At what point? Or she finished and maybe wrote he, that. maybe his porn, assuming it's a he, yeah. gets off just on the the user rating. Like maybe he's not even watching the video. Yeah, he's just like, oh fuck yeah, that is nice. Yeah, yeah. this is this is un. No one else has commented. This is virgin <laughs> yeah, territory. Yeah, virgin territory. <laughs> or he just he just masturbates to the comments. Once a lot of people have commented. Yeah, this video is too short. It's too grainy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's weird. That's really weird. Yeah, I never. I I've had that experience uh, commenting myself. No, I've had that experience <laughs> watching. And never, I don't know. Anyway, Amazon reviews one stars. <laughs> yeah, I have watched it on occasion. Mm. <sighs> so one star reviews. Just to close this loop, <laughs> you think those are fake? 
No, 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 no. I'm just saying the that five reviews star. in general are fake. There are you can always tell when there's like a real review. Yeah, you know because how do like, you tell? You know, I, some thought goes into it. There's like a specific scenario. They're not like just. They're not using all the, like, marketing terms that are above, like, you know, oh, it uh, juliennes, and it uh, also did a great job of, uh, I don't know. Yeah, you're not a marketer. That's okay. No, yeah. Yeah, you're not. This isn't your strength. Yeah. Um, You know, and it's like a real scenario. (laughs) Like, I like this about it, but I don't like this. Like, it's a balance sort of like. and But who the fuck is writing those? I don't know. It's so bizarre. That is messed up. Dave, that is not fucked up. It is messed up, which I would say is a a, a step beyond fucked up, Ooh. at least in that's this podcast. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's how you were thinking about it in that timing. You went to messed up first. That's true. Right? Yeah. Anyway. But can we swear? Yes, we can. Now. This is the first <laughs> time we've ever done it. Do you guys have plugs? I think you might. Uh, Mortified yeah. plug? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Dave. so if you, uh, if you enjoy uh, hearing people read diaries willingly... Um, uh, you can, uh, check out getmortified.com, uh, or watch our Netflix series, The Mortified Guide, which Mike directed and show ran. Hey. Is hey. show ran the correct, uh, show past ran, tense? Show yeah, ran, yeah. Past show run. No, show ran. Show run. Show run. Yeah, it's, I was the showrunner on or I show ran. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's Thank and you. it's 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 quite good. Uh, there are are there still only six? Quite good. Six episodes. <laughs> okay. Six yeah. episodes. No, there are six episodes. Okay. We originally were going to do five. Yeah. But Netflix saw it and they ordered a six, which was great. Oh. And there's animated diary reenactments. It's it's uh, there's people on stage all over the country reading aloud their their journals. Um, and lots of wacky stuff. And not just journals. There's even unicorn drawings. Who doesn't love unicorn drawings yeah. that kids make when they were you know, in the closet and 11 years old. Pretty good. No, it's, it's been, it, honestly, the series came out great. We're really excited about it. It uh, went to Sundance. Yep. It was an official yep. selection at Sundance Film Festival. And uh, then came out on Netflix sure. earlier this year. So awesome. Well, congratulations on. to you guys. It is a really great project. And thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. And I'm sorry I told you about reading my mother and stepmother's journal. It's weird. I'm sorry you told them. Yeah. Well, they don't listen, so it's fine. Okay, have a great weekend. Bye. I'm right. That was a headgum podcast.